the Ghost Goal Podcast. Tottenham's losing run in the Premier League was stretched to three games as they lost at home 2-0 to fellow European competitors, Wolves. Meanwhile, Manchester United bounced back from a troubling result 1-1 at home against Southampton on last Saturday to win 2-0 at home against Brighton on Tuesday. Manchester City and Liverpool just kept marching on, and Chelsea became champions of the world for the first time. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 345. Uh, we've got tons of games to preview coming up this weekend, including a Manchester City-Tottenham fixture and the return leg of the recently played Arsenal-Wolves game, which will take place next Thursday. Javier, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Not going to comment about what you said in the middle of, of your uh, intro there, but uh, it, it was the, it was the Club World Cup, Club what? World Cup, Alex, that you was, won. Was you're there, not, you're not there, the world champions. Was there a lie? Uh, have you played statement? every team in the world? When you look, when you look you at the, the Al Hilal, Al Palmeiras. You know what? I'm going to put yeah, this to shut bed. Shut up, right Alex. Now. I'm glad. I'm glad you're. I'm, I'm glad you're pushing back so early, Javier, because I'm not moving off this until uh, we flesh this out a little bit. When you look at the record books years from now, who will be listed as the the best team in the world according to FIFA's you know rankings? It, it, it'll be Chelsea. You know? No, it won't. Yes. No one. It's a Mickey no one Mouse. Who knows. It's a Mickey Mouse tournament. We played two games: one against Al Ali, the African, or Al Halal, the Asian champions; one against uh, Palmerish, the South American champions, and uh, we won both of them. It wasn't pretty, but we got out of there with a win. Uh, I mean, looking at the previous tournaments last year, Bayern Munich. Do you know who they played in the final? I should have just kept my mouth shut. This is what I get. This yeah, is what I get. But guess what? You chat shit, and this is what happens, Javier. You want to come out hot? We'll come out hot, all right. Bayern Munich faced Tigres, actually. It wasn't Monterey. It was Tigres last year. The CONCACAF champions, who are even worse than Palmeiras this year. And guess what? Bayern Munich only beat them 1-0. It took extra time for them to beat them. Year before that, Liverpool had to beat, uh, who was it? Uh, Flamengo, uh, they had to beat Flamengo, the Copa Libertadores champions, 2-1. They needed extra time. This shit isn't just, like, easy. Everyone th- that you talk to who's played in this tournament before says it's hard as shit because every other team treats it like the Super Bowl. Every other team, it's, like, the biggest tournament they can play in because they get a chance at, to, at a shot at the European champions. So Chelsea took care of business. We're champions of the world, and I won't hear anything about it, Javier. Yes, you're champions of the FIFA Club World Cup made-up competition. Yes, you are, Alex. The Club World Cup, which qualifies us for the Interplanetary Cup. I'm looking forward to seeing who will be playing and representing Mars, Jupiter, uh, and oh, then if God, we win that, this is already, the Intergalaxy this is already Cup. two minutes too long on this. The Intergalaxy Cup, Javier, versus the Milky, uh, our galaxy, whatever it's called, the Milky Way versus, I don't even fucking know. Uh, all right, I'm done with that joke. But uh, yeah, I was just going to move on and not talk about it other than that intro. Uh, <laughs> but you you had to talk shit, Javier. Uh, see what uh, I've done. All of this is to say we've got a nice weekend of Premier League games this weekend. Chelsea are back. We're going to play against Crystal Palace uh, during a very stacked 10 a.m. slate of games on Saturday. Yeah, fuck six fuck games Chelsea total. players in fantasy. You guys have been useless for the last month and a half. Just want to say that. Well, have no fear, Javier. Romelu Lukaku scored in both games, including a great header yeah, in the final. Nobody wants to have Chelsea get so, players uh, now because you have a blank game week again after this. 
Yeah. Right. Well, when they're available, they've got a very easy schedule, so you'll uh, you'll, you'll you'll get you'll get plenty out of them. Uh, yeah, that's all to say. Stop throwing off my groove, man. <laughs> We've got. Uh, let's just start with the previews, and we'll talk about last week's games as we go. West Ham Newcastle uh, Saturday at seven thirty a.m. Newcastle have turned their form around quite a, quite a bit. We uh, we were making a point recently, or I think I was making the point that they needed to turn St George's Park into a fortress if they're gonna uh, escape relegation. They they've got their couple of wins in the last two games, but this three wins in a row for them. Yeah, but in in the process, they've lost Kieran Trippier, who you know scored in those uh, last two games. Unbeaten in five for Newcastle. So three wins and two draws. They're out of the relegation zone. Four points clear of Norwich now. I mean, they put a little bit of distance yeah, between might themselves. Yeah, this might be a hurdle too far. They, they've put themselves between a little bit of a distance now between Norwich, Watford, and Burnley, and they just need a little bit more of a vein of form like this, and I feel like they'll, they're will they going to be, you know, we were just talking a few weeks ago saying, oh, you know, Leeds, Brentford, they'll be fine. I mean, they're only three points behind those teams now, so the pressure Newcastle is putting on the three teams below them right now is astronomical, and the, that, that was a huge win for them. It's changed. It's yeah, changed like the I momentum said, dude, of the club. Trippier, Trippier has had a big effect. Like recently, those two goals on free kicks recently, he's going to be out of the team for a good while now. Probably like six weeks, I think I heard, because he broke a bone in his uh, in his metatarsal. Yeah, I, 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 like, I'm not saying they can't continue that, but all I'm saying is a trip to West Ham. Like I don't think you can fault them for losing this one. Um, but let's skip on over to you guys because you guys are going to have a chance to make up for that opening day shellacking by Brentford uh, when they when they come to the Emirates Saturday at 10 a.m. You guys have had a nice uh, week and a half off since your last game against Wolves since, uh, you know, we were away becoming champions of the world. You guys got to rest since you were supposed to play us. You're welcome, Javier. How many goals are you guys going to win this one by? I don't get to always ask you that question, Javier. Come on, enjoy it. Embrace it. I think we'll beat them by at least two, maybe three goals. I mean, it. it I, I think this could be a 3-1, 3-0, because the way Arsenal have been playing defensively so far this season, you know, this, those first three games were awful. We started with a minus eight goal difference. Since then, turned it around. You know, we have a better goal difference now than Manchester United, um, than Wolves. You know, we're, we're right there with West Ham who have scored 44 goals this season. Um, Arsenal have only scored 34, but that's still pretty good um, because defensively we're still one of the best teams in the league. And you saw against Wolves, you know, we just, Arsenal played against Wolves and then they played against Tottenham. Tottenham, you know, yeah, they had a couple bad losses to Southampton and Chelsea, but uh, like I, I thought that they could do something more against Wolves, but Wolves really kind of blew them off the park there. And... So by the transitive property, you guys are better than Tottenham because you beat yes. Wolves and Wolves beat Tottenham. Yes, okay, we get exactly, it. Alex. Um, I, but I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about this Gabriel Martinelli uh, red well, suspension that you'll have for this game. I was wondering to myself two questions. First question: What do you think the chances are this is seen as a chance to introduce Pepe playing on the right and have Saka move back over to the left where Martinelli would usually play? Because Saka always used to have a really good relationship with Tierney. Like, they've had a ton of time, a week and a half, basically, since that last Wolves game to, you know, get Pepe back to fitness after African Cup of Nations. Is this the chance, or do you think he doesn't risk it? 
I mean, if he doesn't get game time in this game, then I don't know when he's going to play because there aren't going to be many more easy games than Brentford at home this season. And he's not going to get many more chances to, to showcase his talent right now. You know, and Martinelli being out of the side because of the red card, I, I, I think Smith Rowe's done enough this season to deserve the, the starting spot. I don't think Nico Pepe is going to start. You're going to have Saka. You're going to have Odegaard, Lacazette. I mean, that's the one player that you should you could maybe drop. I could see us dropping if, Lacazette because what he, if you he, drop he, he missed the, Play he Partey missed, at the base and then uh, Odegaard and Emil no, Smith-Rowe. Because, uh, I'm just thinking go all-out attack because Brentford, no, there's leaking goals at the moment. They no, conceded I, I, four to drop, Everton. We can't drop Grand Xhaka. Grand Xhaka is like undroppable in our team right now. He's very droppable. It's only to Arsenal fans that like like think that he's undroppable. He literally just told the way, you to go just fuck the balance, yourselves and you still I fight know. for this man. Just the balance of the team and the way that he, the things that he does right now for the team, obviously it's not ideal that he's the person doing it, but there's no one else right now at Arsenal who can do that. And that's a fault of the management. It's a fault of, you know, not bringing in another midfielder. But right now, Odegaard doesn't fit that role. He can't, he can't do the, the defensive work. He can't, he's, he's too badly suited playing that far back. He needs to be the guy linking up the play further up the field because he's, the that's is, where he's you absolutely guys will most have dangerous. The ball. You guys will have the ball for 70% of the game anyway. They don't have Ivan Tony. Yeah, they still are like kind of a, of a threat off the counterattack, but uh, it's I don't think it's really anything to be too worried about without uh, Tony. And he's been out for at least a couple of weeks. And according to PremierInjuries.com, He's like 50% chance of playing, though he could play. So I, I can kind of see the argument for starting Xhaka in that like Brentford are very set piece heavy. Like they take a lot of long throw ins when they get high up the field and they try to pick on smaller teams. So I can see Xhaka being useful for that. The other part of me is just thinking like you guys look best when you have like as many of these creative, high energy players on the field as possible and they're just buzzing around like bees. So yeah, I. I I'm just saying, fl- floating it out there, you know, bet on yourselves and you could uh, you could really blow them out like four or five nil. You could have like a Manchester City type result. Um, but that's only like the, the the appetizer for this week for Arsenal, because you guys on Thursday, next Thursday, more than a week from now, you'll have the home leg of that game. I mentioned in the in- intro, the Arsenal Wolves game. You guys beat them one nil about a week, a little bit more than a week ago uh, at Molyneux. You won't have a game to contend with next weekend, so uh, you won't be able to. You won't have to rest anyone. Yeah, bizarre thing about Wolves is that they are fourth in the away table for teams, like they're fourth uh, on form, fourth best away record. Yeah, fourteenth at home. So this, but by, by all intents and purposes, this home game will be harder than the away game at Wolves, even though Arsenal have the also the fourth best home record. So it's the fourth best home record versus the fourth best away record. Everything points to a nil-nil draw in this one, to be honest with you. Um, it, you know, they were really good last time we played them. It was a, it was an extremely close game that could have gone either way. Um, but while it was 11 v 11, Arsenal did seem to be a little bit better. We, we, we seem to be a little bit better than them on the ball. John Moutinho doesn't look like he's going to be back. So Would Martinelli be back for that game? It's just a one-game suspension because it was a second yellow? Yeah, Martinelli will be back for that. And... But I knew that. That works out perfectly. So you you really think nil nil? I'm gonna say nil nil. Yeah, I'm gonna say we draw nil nil here. Even though I thought Wild. we were we win the one nil the 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 away leg, 
And you even I you even picked that. I did. Did you Let have that see. in mind when you were when, when you knew this game was coming up that you guys would need to win that game and then draw the home game? No, I I didn't like. I just think that they're a good enough side where they're gonna they're gonna be able to get a result here. I mean, they don't play over the oh they do play on Sunday actually. They play against Leicester. Hmm. It does change my thinking. I thought they also just didn't have to play, and we played them, and they had rest. I mean, I think I I think it's going to be a very similar game. I just I don't see where where a, the difference is really going to be, other than us maybe bringing Nico Pepe into the side and being able to change the game that way. Because Lacazette missed. Lacazette was 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 kind of not there. Everyone else played really well. Lacazette missed his one big chance. If Pepe was able to come into this team and improve the team, like you said. I could see this team hitting hitting another level if we actually get a a, a, a good finisher into the side. I wasn't saying he would uh, be good. I was just asking if Arteta would try him from the start because you haven't seen that much. Um, I, I wouldn't expect Pepe to play this Wolves game. Like, <laughs> probably not. But yeah, okay, no, no. I'm a little surprised at that. You usually pick Arsenal to, to win games at home. Uh I'll, I'll go in the same vein as you, except I'll say 1-1. I'll stick with the same 1-1 I had in the last game, and I'm guessing it'll pay off this time. There's pl- plenty of other uh, 10 a.m. games. Like I said, there's six in total on Saturday at 10. Uh, Aston Villa hosting Watford. Brighton hosting Burnley. Liverpool hosting Norwich. And Southampton hosting Everton. But the best event, I would say, and I'm a little bit biased, but I think I'm right here. Crystal Palace hosting Chelsea Saturday at 10 a.m. Chelsea's first Premier League game for almost a month. Last time we played in the Premier League was that that Tottenham home game before the international break. There was two weeks for that international break, then an FA Cup game, and then Chelsea were away last week, like I, like I said. so, And then after this Crystal Palace game, Chelsea won't have another Premier League game until, I want to say, early March. Uh, when, we, when we play, I think it was Burnley away was our next game after this. So it's another case for Chelsea where we've got so many different competitions going on. I think we'll have like a Champions League game next week, the League Cup final against Liverpool the following weekend, and then an FA Cup game after that before being back to Premier League fixtures. So I think that actually gives our team kind of an edge for this game. Usually when Chelsea slip up against lesser opposition, it's when, you know, we've had league game after league game, middle of December, they're coming thick and fast, uh, and we don't really get a chance to reset, but now we're playing like a different competition every single time we play. It, it's kind of like it, it heightens the importance of this single Premier League game. And I'm sure Tuchel will be able to get that point across to the players. The only real injury we picked up at the Club World Cup was Mason Mount. He like strains some calf ligaments and he's going to be out until probably that Burnley Premier League game. But frankly, I don't give a shit because Christian Pulisic scores against Crystal Palace literally every single time he plays them. And he played really well in the Club World Cup final. And I expect to see him start from the left with either ZX or Havertz on the right and Lukaku in the middle. And obviously, Crystal Palace aren't going to have Conor Gallagher. That takes away a major push from their midfield. And we'll just aid Chelsea in in running the game. And I think we'll eventually win, I'm going to say 3-1. It's gonna be a close three-one. Who 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 starts in midfield right now for Chelsea? Because Jorginho seemingly has been riding the bench these last few games. He started in the Club World Cup semi-final, and I think he would probably start this Crystal Palace game. 
But I think when everyone's available and fit, it's N'Golo Kante and Kovacic. Because those two are just, they're just midfield engines. Oh, but I like, thought Jorginho was the third best player in the world last year, Alex. Why isn't he isn't starting great? in your midfield? Isn't it? Isn't that great, Javier, that we have like a Ballon d'Or top yeah, three why, player sitting yeah, on why our isn't, Yeah, why How's isn't he starting, feel? Alex? Well, because we have oh, two Oh, maybe because he wasn't that good. Yeah, maybe because he's like an idiot. Because we have the best midfielder in the world, uh, N'Golo Kante, uh, you know. Man of the match in the Champions League final and both semifinal games, and and Kovacic has been playing out of his mind this season. But why do you I, it is pretty incredible. Like why can't you? No, stick because to it, the point? it is it is pretty incredible that Chelsea don't. Because I don't know who who's going to start in your midfield. Is what I'm saying. Well, and, and I'm saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> like with Crystal Palace not having Conor Gallagher, yeah, they're still a very talented team, and they could get us on the counter. I fully admit that. Crystal but Palace gonna, have, have only lost seven games this season, and they've drawn like 11 or 12 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, but they've not been great recently. They haven't won many games, but I could see them drawing with you 2-2 or something crazy like that. But no, I think Chelsea win this one too, Alex, but I think it's going to be close. But I don't I don't know where the three goals are coming from. Chelsea haven't been scoring Rumble, Lukaku, three goals. Hakim Ziyech. And a defender. Take your pick. Set piece goals. Actually, yeah, you guys do Spain. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. 3-1. I like it, Alex. I like it. You've convinced me. Crystal Palace usually do get spanked by Chelsea. Crystal Palace haven't won a Premier League game since uh, Tuesday, December 28th against Norwich at home when they beat them 3-0. And before that, they hadn't won a game since mid-December at home against Everton, who were in an all-time slump. So, no, I'm not scared of Crystal Palace at the moment. And like I said, this being the one Premier League game we have in like the span of a month, it's going to raise the importance of it for our players. They're going to have seen all these other teams. Not that they care, Javier, but they would have seen all these other teams playing. And oh, they'll, they'll be right, feeling the we're pressure where if town. Arsenal win the we're two games in, in hand, we'll be let's two put, points behind you. Yes, Alex, I would feel the Crystal pressure Palace. too. Let's put Because Arsenal might Palace finish you know. above you this season. And then we'll get back to winning trophies. <laughs> Javier, the month of February is uh, about love, you know, for Valentine's Day and Chelsea love winning trophies. So we've got two to get. We've got one down, one more to go this month. Hear that Liverpool coming for that ass. By the way, I'm going to I'm going to make an amend right now to uh, something earlier in the pod. An amendment? Because, yes, an amendment to my results, because I know I said nil nil, but I forgot that Tomiyasu is back and that will make a big difference, actually. So I'm going to say Arsenal so win. still nil-nil. <laughs> no, Arsenal win. One-nil. I'm okay, changing so my result, you, Alex. You having your right back means you're going to win. Yes. Tomiyasu will make that big of a difference. Remember what I say. Remember what I say? Tomiyasu will mean that we win both of these games, Brentford and Wolves. Tomiyasu, God. All right. That's all I'm going to say about Arsenal for the rest of the pod, Alex. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not, no. Let's move right along. Uh, do we want to give a mention to Liverpool Norwich? I mean, I know Liverpool are going to win. But how how high is the the how many goals is Mohamed Salah going to score? Oh, Liverpool have a double game week. This one too at home against Norwich, at home against Leeds. Oh yeah, that's Trip- a good reminder for me to get Mohamed Salah back in my team. No 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 <laughs> no Liverpool players for the double game week this week, guys. You don't captain Mohamed Salah or triple captain him. None of that. Because Javier's doing it. Because I'm doing it. Yes. I actually do want to give a mention to that Southampton Everton game. Looks a lot tastier now uh, after. Are you serious? Are you, it's about Arsenal, Javier. No, it's not, Alex. It's not. It's uh, one, one thing about Liverpool that the they won their Champions League game away at Inter today, but Diego Yota came off in the 48th minute 
after coming off in the 23rd minute against Burnley. So the last two games for Liverpool, he's come off um, limping, and apparently his ankle's really swollen, so he might be out for a little while. I don't think they're going to miss that much, considering Firmino scored a header in the second half of that Inter game, and they have Luis Diaz, who looked really good in those last couple of games they played, but... And yeah, considering he, you're he, playing he Norwich and Leeds at home. <laughs> exactly, but he was playing very, very well for them, so... He was, yes. He, uh, he held down the fort very well while Mane and Salah were away. Yeah, I'm sorry, I did Liverpool just want to mention. I was wrong. I was wrong. By the way, you guys are you guys are the gods. <laughs> Luis Diaz, Liverpool gods. You guys yeah. didn't really skip a beat while Salah and Mane were gone at the African Cup of Nations. I thought you guys would slip up, but Liverpool have just been marching on. They're probably going to be in the high 80s at the end of the season, and City probably in the 90s. It's going to be another, you know, really probably contentious title race that goes down to the end. I mean, we're well, we'll see how, be we'll six, see how six, right. the Champions League affects it. I mean, I, they both seem to be just doing just dandy, even with Champions League football. But as it gets into later rounds against tougher teams, we'll see how that affects their Premier League form. I, I did just want to mention that Southampton-Everton game uh, during the 10 a.m. time slot on Saturday, just because uh, obviously Southampton got that 1-1 draw with Manchester United over the weekend. Largely outplayed United for most of the game. Uh, they'd beaten Tottenham in that game before. I called that one, and I called the um, the United beating Brighton. Remember, Alex, you thought that you thought uh, Southampton would be the ones that... Yeah, I had, I had the inverse, yeah. We'll, we'll talk you about that in a minute with the United game. But this Southampton-Everton game, it, it's tastier now that uh, Frank's come to town and... Boy, I don't know if you watched that 3-0 win they had against Leeds over the weekend, but... Best performance of the season I they, think I've seen. They surprised me. I, I, like, I'm, I'm a Lampard fan. I did not see like, I did not see the turnaround from the, the drab 3-1 loss at, at Newcastle to that, you know, like raucous home, like energetic win they had against Leeds. Well, I did he, not see he that dropped, coming. He dropped the, the, the five at the back or the three at the back. He went to a four at the back, started Donny van de Beek as the extra midfielder in midfield. And suddenly they had that extra guy in midfield to well, play with, uh, with Gordon. Uh, yeah, and they had, then they had Calvert-Lewin back. I mean, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison up top with Donny van de Beek feeding them. I mean, it, it was actually a really good front three with those guys and, and Gordon coming in behind them as well. And yeah, it was it was honestly, like I said, the best football I've seen Everton play this season. And I, I said it before when Frank came in, if he can restore that attacking identity that Everton is used to having and make Goodison Park a threat again, they're, this team is not going to be in any threat of relegation. Obviously, on paper, they're they're far better than than any of the teams in the bottom half of the table. So he just he has the tools to to get this together. But now they just need to find like, a way to yeah. keep that energy up away from home against a team that will kind of play similarly to them. In that you know both Hasenhutl and Lampard, at least what little we've seen of Lampard's have been team, so good so far in the yeah, last they have two been. months. I'm saying it, it's going to be a tough one. Because, you know, the only other time we've seen Lampard with this Everton team, you know, away from home, they looked very lackluster and lacked all of the energy that they showed in the two games that he's had at home and uh, so far. So uh, I would still lean towards a Southampton win, but it's a much more enticing fixture than it was two weeks ago when Rafa Benitez was still Everton manager. Yeah, so. I mean, the last three uh, away games for Everton have been they lost 2-1 to Norwich um, they lost 3-1 with Newcastle. 
Yeah, so just bad pickings, and then they, you know they had a one nil home loss to to Villa, and then three two to Brighton. So they 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 were on a four loss or four or five a long loss losing streak before this, and just one win is doesn't suddenly mean that they've turned it all around. But it is exciting to watch that four one win in the FA Cup. This three nil, they're suddenly scoring goals again. I mean, if they can start winning games 4-2 or 3-3, getting draws like that, I'm sure the Everton fans will be way happier than those drab nil-nils and 1-0 or, or, you know, losing 1-0 under Rafa. Like, that was just mind-numbing and, and, and watching paint dry. So, at least smiles are back at Everton, even though they're, you know, only four points, five points out of the relegation zone. Another team that's going to be looking to put smiles back on their fans' faces is going to be Tottenham as they go up to Manchester City. Uh, because this is a inverse fixture week of the opening weekend, we'll get to see the reverse fixture of uh, Tottenham's 1-0 win over Manchester City in the first game of last season. A, one, a game that shocked us all then, uh, but I get a feeling that uh, neither of us are going to be looking to pick that this time. But you got to say, Tottenham... You know, they, regardless of who the manager is, every now and then they pop up with just like a out yeah, of nowhere result against Yeah, we said it on that pod. City. We're like, this, this Tottenham Yeah, but is we, none the, of us picked the, it. We can't, we can't take know, credit for it I know, they're the Achilles heel for Manchester City. But I, I can't pick And it. they've got Conte. They, City have scored nine goals in their last two games. Conte, Alex. Javier, fun fact about Conte. First ever manager to do the league double over Pep Guardiola. 2016-17. Okay, but you know what? We need to. If we if, are, are we getting in deep into the Tottenham talk? Do you want to know why they can't win now, Alex? I need to talk about it. I haven't dug into him. I know that you have at times mentioned how shit this player has been, but it's now been a few games in a row during this run that it's generally been his fault. The captain of the team, Hugo Lloris. I don't think Just, I have leaned into him. I've leaned into players like Emerson Royale, who they took out of the lineup for that Wolves game and put Doherty in, and they were still shit. So, but Hugo yeah, Lloris, something this, deeper. Uh, both of those, both of those goals against Wolves were his fault, and during this run, he's had several goals that were his fault against Chelsea. He wasn't very good. I mean, it's now been how are you? It, how are you going to blame him for that ZX goal? Come on. All right, not not <laughs> that for, was that, a thing one, of not for that one. But it's now been a few years the last couple of years, I would say, since since he won the World Cup, that the amount of errors has gone up a little bit. He always had an error to a season in him, but he had enough world-class saves where you, you said he was a world-class keeper. It feels like the number of world-class saves has decreased while the number of errors has gone up drastically. And I think Tottenham, that, that that's, that's a position Tottenham can massively improve on. And I think they start there, like they much like Arsenal did, and then the they, they, they're going to have to build, you know, with, with the, they're going to need new center backs, they're going to need new wing backs. This team needs a lot of help. Midfielders. I mean, they, they brought I think the in front their line is the one the thing that they, they probably have pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, you can do the whole song and dance of taking turns and playing Russian roulette and, you know, picking whichever player played the worst that week as the, the scapegoat. But there's something endemic going on at, at Tottenham. It's just it's throughout the entire team. Uh, you know, Conte was saying it even like before he was Tottenham manager. He was saying it when he was Chelsea manager. There, there just isn't the same standards of performance of results at Tottenham as there is the sort of expectation level for what they should do. Yeah, Conte gets mad at press conferences when they're like, Antonio, if you uh, get a get a, a result in this game. 
maybe you can push for top four. He's like, I, I do not speak of top four. I only like to speak about trophies and winning and the titles. This top four, not, yeah, he just doesn't like it. He doesn't like it at all. He yeah, like because that they, he knows, that the standard he, knows of, of, he hasn't of, got, well, he hasn't got the pieces to do it. He was just saying uh, the other day, I, I can't, don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he was basically saying that like he can't be expected to make top four when the club is getting rid of four players in January and only bringing in two, which, you know, as bad as some of those four players were, like Deli Ali and, and Dombele going out on loan to Leon, he is right in that they are like four, like you're losing four players and four slots of, you know, salary that are being paid and you're only bringing in two. Realistically, for what you've budgeted, you should have at least the amount that is left over from the extra two players that left to go out and get at least one more player in January. But that's always Conte. He's always going to be doing that. Like I said, I'm not going to predict them to go up to Manchester City and even get a draw. It's always possible Conte can come up with something. He's that good, but I just don't trust his players enough. And to add to that, Manchester City are just peaking again. They've reached multiple peaks this season where they seem to just be like at prime form. But after that 5-0 win against Lisbon the other day in the Champions League, they were up 4-0 at halftime. They were up 4-0 at halftime of the first leg of the Champions League against like a pretty good sporting Lisbon team. I'm not saying, you know, it's and like I mean, one of the... I know they beat they beat Norwich 4-0, but they, they switched out, you know, a good amount of their players and rested, you know, players like Cancelo and like uh, Laporte, to, you know, started them in the Champions League in midweek, but there's so much depth to the City side. Like I said, if one player is not playing well for 60, 70 minutes, it seems like Raheem Sterling's back to his best. You know, there was, there was a season there where we were saying, you know, is he falling off, but... Well, he's back do, do to you scoring hear, 20, do you 20 want to hear what goals, he's done this season? 10 assists this season. Yeah, what has he done? So he's got 10 goals already this season, which matches his total for last year in the league. In the first 11 weeks of the season, after you know coming back late from the Euros, which, by the way, he was one of England's best players at the Euros, scored multiple pivotal goals for them, came back and started with only one goal in his first 11 games. Since then, nine goals in his last 12 league games. Like, yeah, some of them are stacked up, like the three against Norwich and the two against Leicester and the 6-3 win uh, a couple weeks back. But overall, he's just he's still absolute quality. And like the quality of his goals is insane. He's only, I think, like 27 years old and his contract's up at the end of next season. He's and plus he always scores against Tottenham, right? I feel like he's always grabbing, he scores against you guys, and he scores against Tottenham. Those are his two favorite teams to play against, and he hates playing against Liverpool and Chelsea. So uh, I'm expecting probably another brace from him, probably something from Kevin De Bruyne, and maybe something from Phil Foden. I think this is going to be like 4-1. I was going to say, give a little bit more respect to Antonio here. I think that's going to be a they little bit They gave up three to that. Southampton, two to Wolves. Yeah, you're right. They've been defending so awful. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you're being harsh on Loris because their you're defenders right. have been awful. You're right. Like, their yes, defense, he was bad for one Wolves been awful. goal. You're right, Alec. I'm going to say 3-0. 3-0 City. And I think that's because Tottenham hunger down and like park the bus for the entire game and just try to play on the counterattack with Son, Mora, and Kane. And Kane's going to be dropping into midfield to trying to play long balls into uh, Son and Mora. And and that's worked a few times. I don't understand why it keeps working for Manchester City. Like, Tottenham will have 20% possession and 
Kane will just fire a ball 80 yards down the field and, and someone will slip and Moro or Son will get in. But just make sure you guys don't play that high of a line, okay? Just play well, a little bit further back. Ederson. To. Right. <laughs> it's the, the, last it's time, the city way. It's the city way. The last way. time Conte went to Manchester City in the league uh, with Chelsea was that 2017-18 season where at the end of the year he got sacked and we went to City and we drew or we lost 1-0. And I think we crossed midfield with the ball at our feet twice, <laughs> which, you know, Conte's not afraid to do. So if he doesn't think he has the weapons to open himself up at all, he's not going to do it. And he's going to hope on a set piece or a mistake or something. Well, good luck to him because uh, I do not envy him. Uh, <laughs> Sunday morning is going to kick off with Leeds hosting Manchester United. Javier, question. Are Manchester United back? Are they back on track? Is everything fine now? Shut the fuck up, Alex. <laughs> you dumb. Ronaldo broke his scoring. Uh, oh, his, my God. He did that like six games in a row Jesus without a goal. Broke Christ. that emphatically. No, I think there's still very much problems at Manchester United. And this is very much Why? still a up in the Brighton air game. Brighton 2-0 at home. Like, come on. Dude. It, wasn't, like, it wasn't that they beat Brighton 2-0 at home. I, I'm saying it's not fixed because the manner in which they beat Brighton, like they easily... Could have lost that game. They Brighton outplayed them for large portions of that game. And when United went up 1-0, I thought, well, they're probably going to give up uh, an equalizer here. And then a couple minutes later, Brighton mysteriously got a player sent off, even though there was another player back covering him. They got Chris Dunk sent off, I think it was. And then down to 10 men rest of the game, Brighton were still pushing for an equalizer and could have gotten it. Like, Yeah, I'm Dan still, made, made a couple of world-class saves. I mean... Again, like like you're saying, the manner of the of the win was not anything to behold. And while Cristiano Ronaldo broke his scoring duck, he's been playing these last few games. And you know they got to draw against Southampton and against Burnley. And like they're about to start up the 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 other fixtures, the FA Cups. The or are they out of the FA Cup? They're out of the FA Cup. They lost to Middlesbrough. They'll uh, they have Atletico Madrid next mid- midweek. But the, but this Leeds game. I don't think they've lost to Leeds since Leeds have been promoted. They usually beat them by a big scoreline. I think they beat them 3-1 away last year. And the way Leeds play wide open and super aggressive, generally it's played into United's hands pretty well the last two seasons. So I'm thinking Ronaldo probably gets himself another goal here at least. Seems like a game for Sancho and, and Rashford. Lots of space for them to run into and 1v1 situations well, Alex, for them you, to dribble up players. You were making fun of uh, of our group in, in our group chat when uh, this weekend during the uh, during the Brighton-Manchester United game saying... On Tuesday. Javier yeah. was saying on the pod, yeah, on Tuesday, that I was saying Pogba coming onto the pitch is going to let Bruno open up Bruno, and it did. I mean, while Bruno was missing no, chances, Bruno is getting chances. He got his goal... He didn't. He didn't start against Brighton. He came on with like twenty minutes left. Right, but when Pogba came on, you saw Bruno was able to 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 like push further up the pitch, which I think makes Manchester United ultimately more dangerous. And I think it's possible that they get top it's four. Not, I mean, they have the attack. It's not that I disagree with that. Four. It's just that they give up too much defensively by having only Pogba in midfield with either McTominay or Fred. Even with McTominay and Fred playing together and no Pogba, they obviously have the opposite problem, but they need to do that to have any sort of like hope defensively. So yeah, maybe Pogba plays in this and they just win a shootout. I, I, I'm going to say like a 3-1 
Manchester United win, maybe 3-2. Leeds could definitely yeah, get that's at That's actually them. what I was going to say. I'm going to say 3-2. 3-2. All right, I'll stick with 3-1. I think uh, 3-2 Manchester United. A couple other games to mention, including uh, other games going on next midweek. Uh, Sunday, we'll finish up Wolves-Leicester at 11.30 a.m. Do you have anything to say about this one? I'm uh, probably going to sit this one out. It's not, not that it's a bad game. I'm just... I'm a little over both of these teams. I don't. I can't trust them. I, I'm more focused on that Wolves Arsenal game than I am the Wolves home game with Leicester. I mean, I think if if Wolves don't get a, a good result against this Leicester team, then they're not going to be confident going into the Arsenal game and definitely going to lose to us. But I still think it's a big game. You know, they want to keep Leicester down. Wolves are are right now have a good gap between them and Leicester and are still the ones pushing for Europe. But if Leicester win this, they can still you know, get an outside shot for still that, that like six or seven spots. So look for Leicester to, they, you know, they look decent in the, in their last game against uh, West Ham. They, they gave up a against West Ham. Yeah. That, they that gave two, up a lead two. late. They looked pretty good. I mean, it was, it was kind of unlucky that they gave up that, that uh, uh, equalizer off the corner in the 90th minute. I'll say one, one for, for that Wolves Leicester game. I think that could be a, a decent tactical you know, an attacking team versus a defensive team. It's a, it's going to be a good, you know, offense versus defense there. Okay. Uh, the main fixture in the midweek next week, other than Arsenal Wolves, obviously, that we've talked about, is uh, Burnley Tottenham. I'm here to tell you that if Tottenham don't win this Burnley game, and we're assuming they lose that game to Manchester City, if they don't win this game, if they even draw this Burnley game next week, uh, that's it for top four. Like, I know we can be a little over the top with, like, calling it uh, or, like, ruling people out early sometimes or just saying some teams are already relegated. But even with Burnley's, like, run of good form and them being a stubborn team against, like, clubs like Arsenal and Manchester United in recent weeks, Tottenham don't have the luxury of scrapping a draw at Burnley at Turf Moor, which to some teams in some circumstances wouldn't be considered the worst result. To get themselves back up into the top four picture, realistically, they, they need to beat this Burnley team. And they can't there can't be any excuses. But Alex, and, what you were right about Weghorst. He's literally a clone of a if, like if Burnley scientists were like, we need to make a player that's perfect for our team. Like he needs to be agile on his feet, have good footwork, be six foot six. Like now, wouldn't pretty it be, quick, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't Harry Maguire be the prototypical Burnley player before their, no, no, their no, the defense? Pro- prototypical striker? <laughs> For for a Burnley team is is Weghorst and he might you might you're right he's probably better than Chris Wood and he's improved this Burnley team. They're, what do you mean I he's mean, probably better than Chris Wood? He's definitely better than Chris Wood. Like yeah, Chris at what Wood's point beast, was Chris? Man. Come on. At what point was Chris Wood better than him? <laughs> Chris Wood's a beast. Was Chris Wood playing Champions League this season? Listen, when Peru played against his uh, New Zealand team for the uh, qualifier for that Russia World Cup. I was trembling in my boots every time he had the ball. The guy looked up. Uh, well, yeah, that's because all, that's because all of you, your Peruvian players are five foot five. <laughs> like you got five eleven guys playing center back, and meanwhile Chris Woods coming in like a tree. Uh, yeah, hey, he no, almost I, I he almost fucked us up in that man. You know, almost. Yeah, the they Burnley could certainly cause Tottenham problems, and what I'm saying is uh, it's not an easy win for Spurs. I'm going to say 1-1 one, one in that. But, I honestly think but they Tottenham need to get a win. win. It's going to be desperate if they don't beat City. Yeah, or they have to. They have even to. if they get a draw with Manchester City this weekend, it would mean nothing if they dropped points again in any fashion against Burnley on Wednesday. So 
Uh, I'm going to say just because it's Conte and it's a relegation battling team in Burnley, I'm going to say Conte nicks a 2-1 win at Burnley. But other games in that midweek will be Watford hosting Crystal Palace Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and Liverpool hosting Leeds Wednesday at 2.45. Do we expect a bunch of goals in that Liverpool-Leeds game or just a Liverpool beatdown? I kind of just expect a Liverpool beatdown like they did to them. I think there was that one game when Leeds came up in the Premier League and they had they had that three three draw. But no, they lost four three on the opening day of oh, you're right. the of, first of, season yeah. up. Oh, oh they lost four three, right. And But it was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game, but I, I don't think that that's gonna happen again. Yeah, Salah got the winner. Yeah, I remember that now. Salah got the the four three winner, but I, I don't think it's gonna be like that now. I think a player like Luis Diaz, I think this is the type of where well, you could probably even start him in this game. And uh, we might see him get his first Premier League goal in this one. He looks like he's going to be a really fun player for them. And he's yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember if I mentioned it for the future. I can't remember if I mentioned it when they first signed Diaz, but I'd be really interested to see Liverpool try Mane through the middle, Diaz on the left, and Salah on the right. Like obviously, you could rest Mane and play Firmino through the middle, and just have Diaz replace Mane on the left for certain games. But the way Mane plays, I, f- I feel like he could do a similar kind of job that Jota does there, just running channels and, you know, floating out to the wings anyway. And he it's runs weird. his Mane ass off pressing Mane still plays teams. on the wing and for Senegal, too. He, like, kind of plays as, like, an auxiliary striker and on the wing. He doesn't really play striker for them either. So I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't really play striker for any of his, you know. Because you think I'm that he's going to be good enough could, for the national team. And it might be interesting. Yeah, might be. Alex with his theory crafting of where players should go. You should play Rudiger at striker, Alex. Marcus Alonso. He'd probably you score. Know it. No, yeah, either one Marcus of them Alonso, would score more goals. Center forward. Werner or Lukaku. Fucking trash cans. They can't hit the fucking barn. Chelsea have spent two hundred million on uh, Werner, Pulisic, Lukaku, and Havertz, and they can't hit a uh, barn barn door barn side door. Very smooth. Seem to, seem to be you, enough Alex. to get us a Champions League, you know, and Kai's already repaid it. He's uh, the first player and the only player since Lionel Messi to score in the Champions League final and right. the you know what? Club I'm World not going to include Kai in that like because that? I love Kai. Kai Havertz and, uh, and Lionel Messi young. in the same sentence. You heard it but, here first. Uh, those other fucks are trash. Ziyech, Werner, Pulisic. All right. On that, Garbage. On that slander, I'll, I'll, uh, Fake world I'll close champions. things out. Fake Javier, world champions. thanks for jumping on this one. Uh, I still love you, man. You know, even though your your bitterness, I can move through it. You know, it just bounces right off me because we're champions of the world, and it feels good. Uh, you can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at asmos92, and you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoldPod. Going to look into doing a little full time reaction to. Uh, Man City Tottenham depending on how good the game is this weekend so keep an eye out for that on Instagram live right after the, the game and just in general we'll uh, have it shared to the the account afterwards so you can watch it not necessarily live but after the fact you can try and keep it to 15 to 20 minutes but if you're listening to the pod on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify please go ahead and rate and review the pod tell all your friends about it word of mouth we'd really appreciate it Javier thanks again for jumping on the pod and until next time Oh, yeah.